Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Husk Guys Podcast. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Husk Guys Podcast. It's October 25th, a Wednesday evening. We got Dave and Andrew here. Just doing new. There's just the two of us this week. We got the governor coming up next Tuesday, next uh, launching next Thursday. Uh, but just the two of us for tonight, we're going to talk Northwestern. We're going to talk upcoming Purdue. Uh, and probably going to kick off one of my favorite stories of the week is this Michigan story. Uh, but before we do that, uh, a word from our sponsors. First sponsor is Pipeline Jerky, as always. Uh, please buying jerky. Now that we're winning, we've won four of our last five. We've been selling a lot of jerky, which has been outstanding. So buy Pipeline Jerky. Support the offensive line. Uh, if you buy some, maybe we'll have some healthy players. I don't know. Maybe not because they're basically all hurt. Uh, but keep buying it. Appreciate you guys. Husk guys store. Uh, grab some merch. We got some cool, cool gear. We're selling like crazy. The uh, if you, I don't know. <laughs> if we die, we die, which is one of the most fantastic shirts of all time. We're selling those like crazy. Got some go big red stuff coming out. Check that out. And the land and lore, as always, uh, men's natural skincare product line. Uh, we know the founder, and you know when you're watching Big Ten football week after week, and maybe feeling dry and sapped of energy. So you might like to reminisce on old highlights and watch old school fullback dives, but you want to feel and look like you did when you were the most dominant program in all football in the 90s. Huskers are fighting for the throne. You can fight back against aging, dry skin, wrinkles, and the gray hairs. Go to land-lore.com. Hit Huskies 10 at checkout. Go to land-lore.com. Proud sponsors of the Huskies pod and Wrinkle Killer. All right. Sponsors in the way. Nailed it. Cross the sponsor. Cross the ad read. <laughs> we got to start with this Michigan story because I am obsessed with this story. Gosh, so unbelievable. <laughs> Un- unbelievable. The kid is an absolute legend. So to catch everybody up, uh, I'll put this background in here. Catch everybody up if you're not paying attention. So Connor Stallions is a former Marine who is obsessed with Michigan football the way that we're obsessed with Nebraska and has been planning, has a – he. I don't even know how to where to even start with this thing. He's been on a mission to become essentially to take over the Michigan program and is trying to prove his worth to Michigan. Yeah. So he had created a 400 page manifesto, which just came out oh, today. Yeah. His really vision good. on how he wants to save Michigan football. And he has been actively scouting on his own. It's psychotic. Other teams and stealing their signs on his own and he's worked his way into the Michigan program over the last two to three seasons. Yeah, he's making and now he's now he makes fifty five thousand dollars. 
<laughs> and he is a, a sign stealing guru. His his whole thing, and I, apparently he deleted this from LinkedIn. That said, uh, his thing in the Marines was he was, you know, he's basically like a cyber criminal warfare guy that like knew how to find weaknesses in other other you know enemies attack lines. So he now applies that at the college football level. Yeah, he, he bought tickets to every game and has people go to the games and just films the game with their cameras. Throughout all of anybody that they're about to play, he does advanced scouting. He breaks the signs, breaks the signals, and you can see him on the sidelines in dozens of films across all of the last few games. Anytime a play is called, he is signaling in the play from the sideline. Mm-hmm. So here's my hot take on this. I love right. it. Like you have to kind of nuance it. I hope mm-hmm. they vacate all their wins. Oh, because that right. would mean because that means we're five and two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then if they make. If they vacate all Can the wins from this the score, Can we choose the score they vacate it by? I mean, <laughs> we, we won by 112. If they vacate the wins, we're 5-2 and two and we're in first place in the West yeah. and in the driver's seat. So there's a nuance to it. I hope <laughs> they get – they should get the death penalty for all the – you know, for the reasons for the competitive <laughs> standpoint. But on the other side of it, I love this kid because this is like – this is the only thing I think recruit, about. You can't be buying recruits burgers and doing this thing that everyone apparently sort of does in the same yeah, year. I, I just think this is he I am I am him. He is like all I think about is saving Nebraska football. We started pipeline right. jerky, we started right. husk guys, we started yeah. all these different businesses. The yeah. only thing I think about is saving Nebraska football. And he's just taking like, that he's taking that just to he's going yeah. he's nobody's even asking him to scout. Just not in this way. And yeah. he's going to scout other teams. It's for, I love it. Yeah, I mean, the story that came out from, uh, I had some quotes written down from uh, Ross Dellinger, and they had talked about it on their uh, podcast as well. But just the way that it happened is incredible. I mean, like the intricacy of it is literally like, this is like a Navy SEAL that is that is trying to act like a Navy SEAL, but apply it to football. And, it's brilliant. And it's just he's treating the field like a war zone, and he's <laughs> trying to, to like decipher signals from, like his his LinkedIn said it was something like, like I'm, I'm trying to find weaknesses in enemy lines. Yeah, like, no, and his enemy lines are now Mich- your, Michigan State. Why is that in your business profile? Now it's Michigan State. <laughs> yeah, right. So enemy lines, I, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so he, so just one little excerpt from this article, just detailing how incredible it was. The, the, the biggest detail he left out was that he bought all these tickets in his name. Yeah, and he's like Venmoing people. I mean, if you are. <laughs> You're that high up in the military, or were like you got to have a yeah. couple fake IDs out there somewhere. Oh, yeah. And he, just, well, but he, was, he was trying to, I mean, this is the beauty of the internet, too. That's why this story has so many, it's like yeah. so oh, beautiful. Is, so it's, I mean, he actually had a decent, a decent ish setups. He was because yeah. he was Venmoing people or doing Venmo requests or sending them Venmos in code, but like his Venmo was public. Yeah. And so the internet That's found right. it. The internet found it gone. That that was gone. Like he had to delete all this stuff. He's like, so, here, here, goose. Here's some tickets. Yeah. Sincerely, Maverick. <laughs> no, so he was asking for like he was asking for like pizza and stuff. He was like, thanks for the pizza. But like somebody had looked in and like you know it was basically like all of the last you know they they timed them all up to be like yeah. Big Ten games and like the <laughs> yeah. pricing like the prices are the exact same here's, as the tickets. Here's two pizzas on the sideline at the Tennessee game. <laughs> What? I love it. I think it's great. I think uh, so. Here's here's an excerpt. At 11:42 a.m. that day, Salians 
purchased a single ticket to the Tennessee-Kentucky game on October 28th. Three minutes later, he transferred the ticket to another person. That person did use the ticket, attended the game, sat in a, in a seat positioned opposite their sideline in range of the viewing staff signals, a source confirmed, um, dot, dot, dot. Uh, if, so here's here's where the rule of the and the letter of the law comes in. Like, no matter what side of this you're on, the problem is that the NCAA is constantly in a power struggle. And like, I actually think that even though everybody tries to steal signals, the way in which they did it is illegal. And see, I mean, it's the asterisk. It's the asterisk thing. It's yeah. You can't so, use I mean, video. You can't use video technology and advanced surveillance. Like, right. So if if this here it is, plain and simple. If if a school learned information through scouting future opponents games in person that violates a near 30 year old ncaa rule if the school learned information through the use of recording or video devices that violates another ncaa bylaw so yeah. i mean that's what it comes down to it's not the fact that he, they're stealing signals because i'm sure someone yeah. in, on nebraska's sidelines trying to do that every single game too hopefully uh, hopefully, yeah. I mean, honestly, hopefully we've got our own Connor Stallions, and hopefully he's got just as good of a name that is <laughs> might be his fake alias. I don't know, but yeah. And I so I, I mean, again, it's like on the one hand, great, they should vacate all their wins, specifically the one where they beat us a thousand to nothing. That should be vacated stars, because be fine, yeah. Because clearly, like they cheated to do that, we would have beat them so that if they didn't know our signs, we but, had them where we wanted them. I also, I mean, I was sort of on the side of the Astros as well as like I, I just feel like. In the modern day, you're playing in front of 90,000 people. You know, if you don't want to steal your signs, just go huddle. You know, like, it's like, you know, where they're, they yeah, got like stuff involved in college football. Yeah. Oh, but I, you know, it's like, with, it, it's like, that the entire yeah, it's like, what's, what's the easiest way to like not get your signal stolen? Uh, do the thing that they've been doing for the last hundred years, like going to the huddle. Like the same, like with the Astros, it was like, oh man, they're stealing our signs. All right. Don't just do one fastball. Yeah. You know, there's there's forty five thousand people in the stands watching. Is everybody supposed to like close their eyes? Like, oh, you can't yeah. figure it out. Like the way they did it with, you know, they did they did it with the video. They did it with the camera. You can't do that. But also, like, you know, I, I appreciate anybody who's trying to get every possible edge to win. And I think he was, and they're doing it. I still hope they vacate their wins, and I hope the NCAA cracks down. They probably won't, because like, how can you? What are you going to do? You can't do anything right now. You like totally ruin the season. I mean. If they find that, I mean, if you're the deal with the NCAA, like the, the only reason I think they're going to get in trouble is like the NCAA has been having such a hard time from the transfer portal to, I mean, even Harbaugh's recruiting violations that seem so minor, like, but he got suspended. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And they, you know, allegedly it was like, well, we looked into it ourselves and I'll give myself a suspension. But, you know, the pressure was on with the NCAA in that in that regard. But then the, they're getting stomped on by like Kansas recently had a big um, uh, scandal and then they got in zero trouble. The NCAA is just constantly in this power struggle and they're not they're trying not to admit that they're like a the, like a little brother to the conference uh, presidents and everything at this point. And they're trying to just be like, hey, we're in charge. Hey, yeah, hey, use the rules. hey, hey, you can't break our rules. I just and don't know. Can, I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't suspend them right before the playoffs. Like it's, you know, they're going to make the playoff. Yeah. You can't like dramatically alter college football or can you? I don't know. I think you, I mean, it's unprecedented right now, but it's like, you can. You're the I just think like that. Yeah. Everybody's kind of rooting. I got a bunch of Chicago Bears fan buddies that are 
they're rooting for it to play out that he gets so sick of it that he leaves and goes to the Bears. <laughs> yeah. I, Which also would work out great for Nebraska. So I'm, I'm in favor of that too. That's totally fine. It's just like it, it, it's, it has no the potential of like – Oh, There's just no are you way. Kidding me? No. I mean, it's it's absolutely. He's standing next to him on the sidelines. Yeah, he's literally. Hey, how do you guys know all these plays? <laughs> no, like, wait, who's the kid? Who's the kid standing to my right? Who's got? Who's this guy that I hired? That's a that actually went to Navy, and is yeah. known to be decoding foreign yeah. armies. Oh, I guess like he's standing next to him on the sideline. Did you see? Did you see the video where he's standing next to him on the sideline, and right he there. like Ohio State looks to the sidelines. And then he looks like really intently yeah. and then he, he sees the play and he calls it in and all the other players also call it in. And the offensive coordinator is calling it in and like, the whole side and what's, and what's, what's Harbaugh said? I don't, I don't know who that guy is. Yeah. Who's, I just met him. I, what is, how did he get on the sidelines? I really like, liked his LinkedIn bio. Yeah. Um, I, was, I, don't, I don't know that. Who's the guy that's radioing in signals to my defense. Like, I don't know who that guy is. I mean, is there anything, is there anything in the world that is more Jim Harbaugh than hiring somebody so good. that went to Navy and, and described himself as as being adept at identifying the opponent's most likely course of action and most dangerous course of action. Yeah. That is his, that is this guy, this analyst in a nutshell. I bet Harbaugh saw that and said, done. I'm in. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, that's again, that's what I applaud it because that's, it's like, you know, I think it's our calling in a lot of ways. Like we've got these careers going on. It's like, well, what's the best way to maximize your potential in your career path? It's to help the football team you love win football games. Yeah. And if that's stealing yeah, that's... signs or selling jerky or starting podcasts, like yeah. do it. I feel like I, I, I got a text today. Brian Rayner texted me and he's like, where's your dedication? How come you don't have a 400 page manifesto? Like all you have is a jerky business. Like, wow, that's yeah. a very good point. Good point. We do. Uh, we weren't going to release it <laughs> in the like, oh. recent events of Connor Stallions. I need. I need a manifesto. I need one. I like. I need to read his manifesto. I'm going to copy it. I'm going to make manifesto it my own manifesto. Is like, yeah, I mean, you don't hear that word thrown around too much unless someone is committing a horrible crime. It's not yeah. a great. Yeah, maybe not a great descriptor, but regardless, really, I, oh, he called it the Michigan Manifesto. I mean, that's yeah. Like, well, it's like a 15 year. It's like a 20 year plan to like put himself in charge of Michigan. It's crazy. Dude's crazy, but I love it. All right. We can transition. We can transition out of it, but that's how you become coach. That's just an incredible what a story. Like oh I don't know. I think it's great, great stuff. We could transition into our wonderful football game. We won. We've won four of our last five. Yeah, baby. That's what I'm talking about. I mean yeah. I mean yep. you know. So I don't think we need to spend too much more time analyzing it. It's I mean, to win. I don't think anything bad happened. Did anything bad happen? Yeah, we we do have to. So first, and I feel like we we both called this before the season started. Yeah, and I don't. I cannot believe how well it's playing out. It's amazing in the sense of like, I feel like I've always gone into the season thinking everybody would be bad. Yeah, and it'd be like, wow, everyone's we're like everyone's gonna be bad, and they're, they're actually, actually bad. They're actually like this is actually the worst Big Ten ever. Like it's, I mean, it's like usually like Wisconsin gets good towards the end of the year, or like Iowa starts to differentiate or separate themselves. Like Iowa losing in excruciating fashion, Wisconsin almost losing to an Illinois team that we made look like a junior high team is crazy. Wisconsin is extremely vulnerable. Michigan State lost forty nine to nothing. Purdue is two and five. 
right? So if you go in order, what we've got Purdue next, who's two and five. You've got Michigan State, who lost 49 nothing to Michigan. You've got who's right after that? Maryland, who lost to Illinois. Crazy. 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 Wisconsin, who almost lost to Illinois. And then Iowa, who just lost to Minnesota. Like it is a vulnerable, oh. vulnerable schedule. It is, it is keeping us afloat, that's for sure. And the I mean, only problem being, yeah, we might not be that good. We might not have, um, we might just be like, like we used to have way back in the day an all freshman team. We might just do that and just yeah. start all, just, just start our freshman. Just like there's a varsity and JV. We're just going <laughs> to, I will say, all this, I, that's all we have left. I had, so I had this thought coming in, too, of, like, how do you summarize a game? Um, and I texted you this at the beginning of the game, too. I feel like you've gotten to a point with watching enough Husker games to know, like, literally after the first or second snap of each possession, how the game's going to go. Yeah. Right? Like, interception. Well, so that, but even, like, you go back, like, the Michigan game was, like, you know, within two snaps, you're like, okay, we, we don't belong in the same field as them. But this one was, like, one, first play of the offense was interception. And – but then right after that, shut it down. Yeah. And I, I remember texting you, just like, we need one touchdown. Yeah. Like, if you can't score after intercepting the first pass of the game, right? like, they're not going to score the rest. I just was like, this defense is incredible. Yeah. And I just had that feeling. I was like, you need, we need one touchdown, which is literally like, that's my, that's the only thing getting me through this. <laughs> like, I think the yeah. offense is torturous to watch. And, but it's like, if you have the mentality of like, we need one touchdown. One field goal, and you win the game. One, yeah, it's ridiculous. And, and, and Harvard can do that. He can give you one touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> it's painful. I'm worried when we need two. That's going to be the all right. Yeah, yeah forget it. Forget um, it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the good news, bad news of it is that we have the good news is our we have a defense that can win us some ball games. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, just looking into things and. 313 yards per game we're giving up that's 21st in the country 4.6 yards per play is 16th uh in the country we have 10 sacks over the last two games and 19 tackles for loss that's against the two big 10 west foes um butler nash gifford i mean these guys are all they've all taken their game just to another level we get you get reimer back and he's playing well now it's everybody like you feel free to gush about this defense. Like you never know how things are going to go in like the off season and then next year, but it is, I mean, feel free to just celebrate and just oh, enjoy nice. yourself watching this defense. I mean, well, I think that when, so the, the best example of like confidence in a defense is uh, there were points when I, when, when Minnesota, they, we had a one breakdown in coverage. I think they got on top of, um, um, of Hartzog. Yeah. Yeah. Northwestern. And so they get it down to with like the 10, 15 yard line after he ran them down and a huge play um, to do so. It was either Omar Brown, Hartzog, I can't remember, but Hartzog um, runs them down, makes a tackle. And I was like, that's a huge tackle because they are not going to score. score. Like, yeah. And they, we held them to another field goal. It, it was, truly, I mean, it's crazy how similar to 2009. Like, yeah. If you remember 2009 with Sue out there, you're like, they're never scoring. You know, you had Sue and you had, I think that you had Dennard and Prince. Um, 
nine and a half a game or something, ten. Yeah, but you're just like they're just not scoring, which is what a what a wins it. I mean, unbelievable feeling. With that, I think that's where like when you say 313 yards per game are giving up, you know, that includes terrible games with Colorado and Michigan. I, I just think when you know Illinois less than ten, seven points given up. Northwestern under ten, only yeah. nine points given up, right? And then like Northern Illinois, it's only eleven. Minnesota is only thirteen. You know, it should have been frankly should have been one less after that miracle touchdown catch that they threw right at the end. Like Minnesota was under 10 the entire game. Like yeah. the fact they were holding big 10 teams, three big 10 teams under 10 points, the duration yeah. of the game. I mean, we've had, we've had two teams put up over 35 points on us and we're averaging giving up 19.3 points a game, which is top 25. It's even more it's impressive. Cool. It's even more impressive when you think about like the offensive blunders of like they're starting every drive defending oh, yeah. from just handing it to them like the 30 yard line, which is, it's like, it's crazy. Cause it's, you know, we joke about the Iowa football strategy, but yeah. like they, at least it's gross, they, but they at least punt. Right. Well, yes. Yeah. That's like, their, they, well, they, 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 they punt and then control. They the field. The <laughs> well, they punt on, that's what they're good. I guess I'm saying like, we turned it like at the end of the Illinois game going into the first three series uh, of the Northwestern game, we turned it over four out of seven times or like five out of seven or something like that. Cause we turned it over basically three of the last four drives of Illinois and then interception on the first play interception on like the third drive. And they're just stopping. Illinois didn't score on any of those. Northwestern only scored on one of those turnovers. Like th that's crazy. Like, I guess if you think about it, if we could just go three and out and punt, <laughs> if you just go three and out and punt, you at least get the ball back at like, you know, it's even more impressive that they're stopping them from not scoring at all. And when they start their drives on the 30 yeah. yard line. Yeah. I, the, I think the thing that, that you take from this game is that our, our defense has bought our offense a little bit of time, I guess, to, de to continue to try to develop. Um, but I am extremely concerned that with the injuries that we had, like, I don't know that we, how do we, how do you keep overcoming that? You know, like you, you can, you can, uh, you know, we basically struck gold twice these last two games. Uh, and we are very lucky that we are playing a, a not so good Purdue squad this weekend again, and that we have a chance to win. Not only that, but we're somehow favored by a few points. Like two and a half. So, it, I mean, it's going to be the exact same thing because now you're down your best remaining wide receiver, Billy Kemp. You're down 3-0 lineman. Um, and so the difference in the, in the offense and defense is ridiculous. But Purdue is – I don't think they're going to score more than 14. We just got to figure out a way. How are we going to put up two touchdowns on the Yeah, board? how are we going to put up – how are we going to put up – Yeah, I mean, so, so if you – What a stupid, our, like – what a stupid – like – at least for 17. So I mean, this pathetic. is the big 10 West in a nutshell. Like if oh, you're pathetic. <laughs> this is it. It's just, how are we going to score two touchdowns to win this game? Which and is so great. Like how many, we've scored like 10 touchdowns all season. Not even that. Let's see one versus Minnesota, one, two versus Colorado. Yeah. I don't like that. I can singularly count out our touchdowns. It's not good. Um, so the, uh, yeah. So our, it's not good across the board for the offense. Our yards per game is 101st in the country at 328. Yeah. Our points per play is actually a, a very defining characteristic of most offenses, 107th in the country at, at 0.29. Our yards per play is 80th at 
our third down conversion is 37.2. That's 82nd in the country. The good news, Purdue is one of the worst defenses we'll play. Okay. <laughs> for, for at least a little bit. So Yeah, Purdue, it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's hard to like make heads or tails of Harvard because you know, part of me is it's such a great story, and he's the Carney kid, he's a Nebraska kid, and he's like playing his heart out, and he's tough as nails, and he runs like crazy. Yeah, but you know he completes what under fifty percent of his passes. Is was definitely a point in every single Husker fans. Oh yeah, where it was like everyone started thinking, you know, was was Sims was yeah. he that bad? Well, was I think it's bad? it's it's a little tough with Sims too. Yeah, because you're like. <laughs> I, I mean, I really, I truly love the way that Harvard, I love the way that he runs. I think he runs hard, but I mean, even that, like that first interception, Fedoni was wide open. And so it's, it's a little hard to tell if, it. it's hard to tell if Satterfield's like, you're like, well, he's kind of calling, like everybody's open on a lot of these plays, even playing with damaged goods players. Um, how, so how did you, let me ask you that question. How, how do you rank Satterfield or how do you like rate Satterfield with the fact that he is playing, he's coaching a team without its starting quarterback, three or four starting wide receivers out, top two running backs out, top three linemen out. No. Yeah. It's kind of hard to be like, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to be too, too hard on him. It's just the only like thing that, that I can make sense of is that, there are teams that if you are playing within a good system, you'll be like, who the heck are these players? They just put them in and they keep, you know, getting open. They keep having great quarterback play. They make it easy on their quarterback. They open rushing lanes when they can't pass. They open passing lanes when they can't run. And, and we came out and our designed plays were pass first, first play of the game interception. Yeah, and, and then pass again. I, there's just things like that that I'm like, are we just maybe we're overthinking things a little bit? And so there's definitely designed calls that that he is making and like he's planning on that are questionable because like I, I I just think the first series of the entire game, you I mean you literally it is the first play of the game. Just let's get some yeah. momentum going if you can against the you know a, a rush defense that's outside the top 100. Yeah, that's that. So there's questionable moments, but I absolutely agree that like it is way harder to give somebody a a failing grade when like all of the tools that he designed this offense for are are missing. I mean, you, he's well. Here's the here's the, the other empty. The great comparison, exactly what you just said, is a true system. You could put anybody in there. Yeah, look at the Chiefs. And, no, I, I was gonna say, look at our defense. Sure. Yeah. So he's playing 18, 19 guys at a time. He just put a scout yeah. team guy in. James Williams. A scout team kid. Never heard of him. I will be the first to admit. He's on no rosters. No one even knows who this kid is. He showed up to camp this summer. No one had heard of him. Knight pulled him out of some random JUCO camp. Walk on kid. You pull that kid off the street, you wow. put him at DN, and he has a game winning sack. That is a great system. Sure. And yeah. we do not have that. Yeah, it's plug and play at those at for for those, and you might expect some drop off and stuff. But yeah, you, you absolutely you see with our defense, just like 
I don't know who this guy is, but he seemed good at. That's what I'm saying. It's like I think Nash, Nash, and Nash and Ty are definitely separating themselves as the men among boys. But for the most part, anytime there's a tackle in the backfield, you're like, and that's number. God, okay, ninety. Who's that? Yeah, you're trying to memorize the roster. They're playing like three deep back there. Yeah, it really is awesome to to watch the amount of rotation and the, and the lack of drop off. Like it is so promising for the. For yeah, the I just think it's I don't know. The offense is crazy because it's it's so bad and it's so turnover prone. And like, but it, I think that I think what kills me the most about it is like it always. And Sims did it too. Is like when they can't like catch snaps. Yeah. At the Power Five, Big Ten, Division One, hundred million dollar business level, you're like. You gotta catch a snap. Let's start there. You know, like Sims fumble snaps, Harvard fumble snaps. You're like, I get that there's pressure, but like, I watch a ton of college football. I don't see a lot of fumbled snaps at LSU or Alabama or Ole Miss or any of these top teams. Yeah, Um, and the true root of like a lot of the problem with this whole, you know, what's the offensive identity and stuff. Well, we know what they're trying to do. It's just that now, like when it's not against Louisiana Tech and Northern Illinois, these last two games, like we haven't even really run the ball well. I mean, we run it 62% of the time. That's like, it's yeah, it's all Harvard. That's fifth in the country. But really? in the last two games, we went 39 rushes for 163 yards and 49 rushes, 49 rushes for 158 yards. I mean, we're yeah, going. But how, I mean, how many, how many of those are Harvard? They're basically all him, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, fifteen to twenty. Crazy. <laughs> just like, do you think so, Sims plays? I think that this last game was as good of an opportunity. I was actually surprised that he did that. We didn't see yeah. him in the second half. I mean, the way that Harburg was going, it it just feels like it was the the one thing that he's had over Sims is the lack of turnovers. And I know one of them went off of Fedoni's hands, but he had that. And he, I mean, I think he also had a fumble and stuff first half too. And some botched exchanges. I mean, like if if he starts to lose that edge, then I don't. You're losing reasons to be playing him. Like I yeah. know we're winning, and and the argument is, well, we've won the games. Four and one. The other argument is, would we have lose, lost those games with Sims? And I don't know. You saw them in two games, and they are two of our toughest games so far. He did not play well. He was not good enough. But would he have been good enough to beat Illinois and Northwestern? Yeah. I don't know. The, thing, the only thing is, I mean, I think, Sims, I think if he's healthy and he can run, you got to get him in there. I, I worry about either of the guys. It's like for him or something. Yeah, but it's like who are they throwing to, right? It's like you got Fedoni out there. Yeah, I'm at you're, throwing to, you're throwing to Bullock. You're throwing to like they're just so far down on the guys. It's like we're about yeah. to be what Taihan Bullock plus Fedoni, I guess, is going to be your go-to lineup. There's tough, just tough I, I think that rule is also like he's very clearly emphasized. I mean, like how about Anthony Grant not starting? I mean, what in the That's, world? I, see, I don't. Something weird's going on there, because like. No, but I think he just has placed such an emphasis on not turning the ball over. Yeah, but then why does Harvard keep playing? I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's that's an incomplete like. You know, I don't know. There's something weird going on with Grant. Like he's he's the most dynamic running back, and I get that he keeps punishing him for fumbling. But Emma Johnson fumbled last game and got the start. Like, yeah. I don't know. It, it's inconsistent. Yeah, I'm. Um... 
it is a, it is a worrisome situation uh, there on offense. But uh, good news, Mal Coleman is figuring out how to play. Okay. And Jared is. is figuring out. How I don't know, yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say, how did I bring him out? Cool. What the, if he turns it on? These are these are good pieces. Like Doss is was a four star recruit. I mean, you want cream in the crop playing like he's one of them. And Mal Coleman, another four star recruit. Like I know it's early, but now's the time, and they're starting to get involved. Even Jalen Lloyd, like yeah, these are I mean, guys with potential. It's just that they're young. Yeah, yeah. like if you can build your program season, as you play more and more games. You know, by the end of the season, you're a sophomore. Like, yeah, you know, you. I think it's great. I mean, I, he, Mal Coleman is probably not going to see the field if Marcus Washington is healthy, if IGC was healthy, if Camp was healthy, if Xavier Betts is playing. Yeah, they'd throw him but, out there in there, but they. Yeah, but he was probably not going to see. Now that he's he's playing catch, I mean, he was wide open. I mean, he roasted that guy. It was amazing. He was wide open. It's Went like, up and caught it effortless catch. It's taken us that long to figure out that this guy yeah, that runs like a 10 to 100 and it's like a deer. Yeah, <laughs> it's gazelle. I mean, yeah, he's just, just put some air under it and they did. Well, that's it's, it. You can see like his thins can run, Harvard can run, Malcolm can run, Fedoni can like. You can kind of hack together this roster that they clearly didn't want to play at the beginning of the season because none of these guys are on the depth chart, but like. It's not terrible. Like, and everybody else has injuries too. Purdue's pretty banged up. They're missing a ton of guys. So, like, everybody's got injuries. You know, you just are like, can we just keep it together? Keep it together. Just I mean, it's just, it's such like, you know, it's fool's gold to like even talk about this stuff. But you're like, God, if we just had like Adrian Martinez, are we like 10 to 2? I mean, I, I don't know. It's like so dramatic, right? But, well, at the same time, that dude find a way to lose like every game. So I don't know. Well, let's get into Purdue. Do it. Um, I've got a nice. I did. I just. I went off the deep end on Wikipedia, and I, I did a nice deep dive on this whole Boilermaker thing, which this whole thing started all the way back in the eighteen nineties. Um, I was just wondering, like, what the what it's all about and, and where it came from and all the origins and all of that. So here's, here's a little bit story time. I'm ready. So the nickname origin actually came from what honestly sounds like illegal recruiting violations. That is, Stallions? That is, are, do I have your, do I have your attention now? Not so in the 1890s, here, this is from Purdue.edu. Under quote, under accusations of recruiting athletes from boiler shops, the Boilermakers name is adopted for Purdue's athletic teams. Uh, in eighteen, this is in eighteen ninety, an eighty-five thousand pound Schenectady number one locomotive was also purchased. So two big historic events there. Number one, they bought this enormous freaking train, uh, and the boilers are parts of the train i think from what i understand perfect um but number two is you're not supposed to be recruiting athletes from boiler shops everybody knows that you can't be doing that um and so they started getting referred to as uh boiler makers because they were rough and tough boys on the team they only had 11 players on the team at the time though uh so the boiler maker special is the is purdue's official mascot and the official Purdue mascot is in, is in the form of a is a locomotive. It's mounted on like an automobile. Um, it this thing makes it all the way 
to all away games, and it can apparently go 75 miles an hour. Love this it. thing is absolutely so wild that it goes to away games. It's mounted on a car just flying down the highway. Um, one thing that I was immediately thinking is, with conference realignment, is this thing making it, you know, from Indiana to Oregon? Like, are we driving this this Schenectady or the Boilermaker special? Is it making it to LA? Love it. <laughs> Get in. Supposed to make it to every away game. Things unbelievable. Uh, it's an absolute tank if you look at it. It's and it like drives fans around the stadium. Um, so another little controversy for you. In the 1890s, West Lafayette, the town where it was uh, founded, it was described as a town of, quote, Cornhuskers. According to one correspondent from the area, the town began referring to the Purdue team as a, quote, great big burly gang of Cornhuskers and rail splitters and foundry molders and log haulers, none of which are uh, uh, professions really anymore. Uh, but at the time, those were all uh, pretty, I guess that was that was a good description to have. Um, but the, they were once the, referred to as the Cornhuskers at one point. So it's kind of the battle for uh, for the Cornhuskers. The Cornhuskers. This I like is it. Kind of like who's the true Cornhuskers here? Um, uh, yeah, I love it. They drubbed Wabash College in four, 44 to nothing in 1891. And it was referred, the game was referred to as the quote unquote slaughter of innocence. And Wabash got, uh, they got beat so badly that the slaughter of innocence was the game when they became known as the Boilermakers. So there you have it. That's that's the origin. I love it. Purdue Pete comes along in 1956. And this guy's head is uh, one of the most sought-after mascot heads in the biz. He has been changed multiple times. There has been multiple attempted thefts, and there has been multiple times where he has been pelted with snowballs and attacked because of the size of this head including a head that was over 50 pounds back in the 70s. So this is this is the glory of college football. In Can't a nutshell, Purdue Pete, all of the history there, all of his head changes, all the facial expression changes, especially the one that looks extremely worried at all times, which is basically the present day one. Um, and they should be, because I think we're going to win this weekend. Of course. The So Purdue, yeah. sort of having a weird season. Yeah. Uh, so they got Walters. You know, you lose Brom. He goes to Louisville. He's tearing it up there. So he's clearly, he's clearly a winner. Brom is. Uh, Walters struggling trying to find his footing. Yeah. And as far as the way their seasons progressed. Yeah. Opened Fresno, up a lot. Lost to Fresno. Fresno State lost. Tough loss. Beat Virginia Tech. It's a nice win. Syracuse lost. Wisconsin crushed them. And they crushed Illinois. So, like, there, there is a little bit of, like, they've got, you know, they played Iowa super tight. They lost 20 to 14. Um, where's the rest of these things? Where are their other losses? Ohio State. They lost to oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 41-7 Ohio State. There it is. They lost got to Syracuse, crushed. lost to Wisconsin, lost to Fresno State, lost to Ohio State, and uh, actually only lost to by six at Iowa. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. I mean, they played Iowa tough. You know, they, they crushed, crushed Illinois. They, they put up a lot of points. So Hudson Card's their quarterback. If you remember him, which is crazy that he's yeah. still playing. Yeah. Um, and but they go from playing us to then Michigan, Minnesota, Purdue, or Minnesota, Northwestern, Indiana. Like they could be. Yeah. I mean, they could be it's, two and ten. Yeah. 
Um, but at the same time, I don't know. I, but they also have sparks, and they're putting up a lot more points than we are. I mean, they put 44 on Illinois, and we did not, certainly. Yeah, um, and their season average is not is not good. Season average, not good. But the, it's in there. I, I always get concerned of, like, you would hate for that for them to repeat the Illinois game against us and then get blown out 49, nothing against Michigan. Great. Right? Oh, like that's, that's yeah. likely. Of course. Right? But from, I mean, they're hurt across the board. Like that's all the articles you read on them. They're starting right tackle, they're starting quarterback, they're starting tight end. They're all done for the season. They've got a bunch of guys banged up. Their running backs hurt. Uh, Hudson cards, strong quarterback. What's the under on this game. Oh, good question. What's the legal yeah. limit to, to bet the under? Well, that's what's, you know that Iowa game it went under last week, uh-huh. and they had the young, they had the, the lowest, lowest they had the lowest total ever, and they hit the under on the lowest total ever recorded in modern football. Was, that so. was the easiest bet ever. <laughs> Even going the lowest, it was so easy. Uh, well, I don't know. This will be interesting. Like you know, yeah. So it doesn't seem like they're getting better. Is one hundred and first nationally at five. 0.1 yards per play. Husker extra kind of broke things down a little bit. Over, uh, over under 39 and a half. And so their offense stinks. And then their defensive yards per play is 5.9. Uh, so their defense kind of stinks. Their turnover margin, they're minus five. I mean, they're, 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 this is a cut and copy model of us is what we're looking at. Here. See, their, 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 kickers are, their kickers are 33%, which is like classic. That sounds familiar too. We were, I mean, three of seven recently until last week, aren't we? No, aren't we up to 50% oh, now? 50%. Yeah, Alvano's banging them home now, baby. Right. And they get a lot of penalty yards, 60, almost 65 penalty yards a game. That's huge. I love hearing that. I absolutely yeah, I love mess. when, when, like, it's one of my favorite things to celebrate in the world is when a big play for the other team gets called back for holding. I just love it. <laughs> Fantastic. Need <laughs> a couple of those big ones down the line. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. Nebraska by two and a half, over under 39 and a half. Yeah. So you here's know. the, here's I mean, the battle breakdown. So our offense versus their defense, right? So their defense is bad. Our offense is bad. But our, they, then they're allowing 284.7 uh, pass yards per game. That's the third worst in the country. That is like, to me, that's a huge deal to be facing such a porous, horrid secondary because anybody that can play lockdown pass defense is, uh, we're just immediately in huge trouble. Yeah, we're in a chance. Because it just doesn't give you any sort of like that option to, you know, to run or pass. So their pass defense stinking is, is huge. They're also allowing 29 points a game. That's also outside the top 100. Um, and but last year with Walters, it, you know, he was averaging 12.7. So you know he's a good defensive coach. You know that he can probably game plan for us. But I don't know, offense versus defense. Do you think we win that battle? Oh no! <laughs> I'm telling you, I've like my I've, I've completely <laughs> okay. No, absolutely not. I, I uh, just—I mean, I, I've watched enough of these games. Tried to that, talk to you, but no, I appreciate that. It's a good hustle. It's good effort. It's good, good homework. I appreciate all that, but no, absolutely not. I mean, if they're so bad, then you just uh, say we can't be as my bad the, my floor is so low, but it truly is like we are in survival mode until we get to the off season and we can go to the transfer portal and get some more wide receivers and some better players that like will remain healthy. But like for right now, it's like, we need 
two touchdowns. I mean, we need two touchdowns. All you need you need one Mal Coleman post route, and you need one Harburg grind it out drive. Two touchdowns out of eight, ten, ten drives, and then if you and then you can't have back breaking turnovers, and if you do that, I do think the defense will keep them under ten again. And yeah, that I, that to me is like. You know, if your defense can keep you under 10 and hopefully they can, it looks like they've, you know, they, Ohio State kept them under 10, Iowa kept them under 14, you know, and Wisconsin held them. So, like, they can be held. I just think I have such confidence in the defense in that regard that I, I don't have, I just don't think the offense is going to magically yeah. figure it out. Yeah. I mean, so I, you mentioned the special teams, their kicking game kind of stinks. I think that we can, we can have the edge in that battle. I think our offense versus their defense is more or less neutral. Uh, I mean, neutral-ish. It's, it's, but then it comes down to their offense versus our defense. Which we, we're going to win it. Uh, I feel great about that match. The only thing concerning for me, so Hudson Card, like, he's a pretty he's good quarterback. Yeah, he's good. He can run, and and that's a type of quarterback that we haven't really played. I mean, Alt Myers had a couple scrambles you, you saw what Shadur was able to do yeah it's not good you know he got sacked eight times but he was well able and that's to I guess that's what's like space with his legs we had eight sacks of Sanders we had eight sacks last weekend you know Reimer's back attack went really well you know they're they do have you know there's definitely concerns there like do we have busts you know we've had a bust or two per game yeah as long as you chase him down you're good but um yeah, eight sacks is crazy. Thirteen tackles for loss. I mean, these numbers are like crazy that they're putting yeah. out. Yeah, and Purdue's wow. sitting at three point seven yards of rush. So I mean, that is that's eighty fifth in the country. It. I think they're yeah, running backs are like I I feel good about I mean, that. Devin Maccabee last year or from last year, he's he's back again. So I, I'm pretty confident in our ability to stop the rush. Our pass defense is the weakness, though, and if we can get to card. That's going to be where this game ends up being won. We've got great receiver Deion Burks. He's 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 a game breaker there. But I think that like that's going to be the key is just and honestly the key to the entire game because I think you're right. Our offense is going to be able to pull off fourteen. That's maybe it. Twenty. Oh, and then here's 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 a crazy thought. Can our what defense about? score? Yes. <laughs> what pick six? Like we haven't had one all season. This is the most dominant defense we've had in a decade, and you haven't had one defensive score. No fumble return for a touchdown. No pick six for a touchdown. Like and that's and again, you keep coming back to Iowa, but like they count on Cooper DeGene. He scored all their touchdowns. He's the best player in the field, <laughs> and he scores all their touchdowns. And he's on defense. But like that's all of our best players are on defense too. You know, like I don't know. That's where it's like I'm just I'm bullish on that side, and I can honestly like I rewatch the game late Saturday and then early Sunday again. And it was like, I, I like had to fast forward through the offense. I can't even watch it, which breaks my heart. Cause that's the only part I really like to watch, but I can't even like, I'll make it I'm like, ah, here comes a fumbled snap followed by Harburg throwing it into the stands. This is fun. Yeah. I, I mean, it stinks cause offense is like the, it's like the, the sexy part of the game. It's like when you, you know, catch a lot of eyeballs when everybody wants to watch in the big 10 West has, the six no. like worst offenses in on the planet. Hmm. Yeah, I will say, and here's I guess this is our final thoughts. I know we got to wrap up here. Um, I think you know we said this a bunch of times. I do think Nebraska fans are broken. 
I'm broken. You're broken. We're all broken in the sense of like, I'm sure every fan was watching that game. I was of we're going to blow this, right? Like Northwestern is going to score. They're going to have some broken play and it, they're going to come back and win. Right. In the exact same way, everybody was watching the Illinois game and we kept having all those turnovers and you're like, yep, this is going to be a colossal meltdown and yeah. it's just going to completely fall apart and we're going to lose. So you got to give some props to the fact that we haven't. No. I and so like you follow like the fan base right now on Twitter is like, you know, hemming and hawing and rightfully so, because the offense is a disaster. We have the right to be critical of it, but you're also like, you're like, who do we think we are? I mean, you lose you. We, we've lost those games the last two years in just absolutely debilitating backbreaking fashion of, we're beating Northwestern by eight. Here it comes. They're going to come back and win. We're beating Illinois by two scores. Here comes a turnover. And like the fact that we're standing up, the fact yeah. that we're standing up and not letting them do it with a defense that's proud and has a ton of pride and plays hard. Mm-hmm. That to me is why you're like, I think we could win. You know, these next couple, it's just like that. That's what can gives me more confidence. Like the, the teams historically, like the last five years, it's very attainable. Well, they just the, the teams the last five years. They're just like they're gonna find a way to lose, and they did. And the, the mentality wasn't there. And this one is different. They just do like this defense is like it's almost like they're cheering them on to like, all right, here comes the offense. They're gonna screw this up. We're gonna clean it up. And like you know, you, you see them in the interviews. They like take pride in it. So I don't. Know, I'm all about that. Yeah, I I think that it, if our defense is on the field in the last two minutes of pretty much every game the rest of the season, and we have a lead, I, I've I have not felt more confident that we're going to win in in uh, several years. And like, whereas in the past, I mean, and that's like the type of thing that we just need to, you just need to get used to. It's like, stop being so critical and just enjoy the fact that like, we won again. Yeah. And yeah, I, it's, and I, it's, we absolutely can win every, I, it is not a crazy statement to say that we can win or lose every single game the rest of the year we very realistically lose out but we can win out it's very unrealistic but also realistic we could be playing in indianapolis as like the sacrificial lamb that goes against connor stallions and the sign stealing michigan wolverines who beat us 63 to nothing 63 to nothing with seven freshmen with seven freshmen starting on the offensive (laughs) no i mean i think so I, hey, if if we could sneak our way in outstanding, but like I think you can get that. I, and this, I guess maybe this will be my parting parting shot. Is I was kind of thinking about this. Like, part of me is wants to blame rule and be like, "What are you doing? Like, how come all these guys are getting hurt? This is crazy. Like, how come we're not game planning the right way on offense? Like, this is pathetic. All this stuff." And I think there's a lot of that chatter. But the other part of me is like, if this guy takes this offense to a bowl game, yeah. He should win coach of the year. Yeah. I mean, that's where I'm like, if this guy can motivate a team of true freshmen on offense that have never played before in their yeah, lives and did not is, think they would see the field, and he can is, motivate them to a bowl game, that is a coach Bay of the year. Mighty Ducks here. I mean, it's it's a coach of the year type thing where you're like, you know, it's frustrating when you watch it live, you're like this team stinks. But then when you think about it, you're like, he's playing with zero players on the opening roster. He's got scout team guys on defense. Isn't it seven? I think it's seven out of our from our starting offense that's that are. Out. Well, I mean, if if you truly go, if you truly dig into it, and you go to the the off season too, 
So Xavier Betts, IDC, Marcus Washington, Camp. That's four wide receivers. You're starting four wide receivers. Yeah. Eric running. Gilbert. Eric Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah. So there's your starting tight end. That's five plus They're two running backs. Land on having. So yeah, I mean, I'm. Um, and a starting quarterback. That's nine. That's nine of your eleven starters. Well, he's back now. I'm we just pretend like he doesn't exist. <laughs> but now and now he's down three three starting linemen for the season, three. including Turner Corcoran. Yeah. So that to me, I'm like, man, this guy could weasel away to like, if he can figure out, I mean, with, you know, with his pregame speeches and he can motivate these guys with this kind of a roster, yeah. then it's like, all right, just wait if we actually get. Oh my gosh. A We're transfer portal. In the transfer portal. Yeah. You, gonna, you go to town in the transfer we, portal and you actually get some real talent. We're going to lock some, some key freshmen down. Like we already have a, a 26 recruits coming in. I think it is now after Barta decommitted and, yeah, I mean, you got Caleb Banning now coming this way. I mean, people are buying in, and you scrapped together a a bowl season with this, like, I, yeah, coach of the, the millennium. Yeah, I just think it's. I mean, it's and that's probably probably because we're broken as a fan base, and we've just never seen a coach know how to win ever in <laughs> yeah. the last ten years. But like, that's the thing. You the bar's low. Is. The bar's very low, but you're also like he's playing with. All backups, third string guys. And the offense averages three points a game, and we win every single game. Who cares? Yeah, it's certainly not been the most exciting season to watch, but it's exciting from like the winning standpoint. Anyway, right, let's wrap this thing up. What's your score prediction? I think that that Purdue's bad enough, and we're good enough. Twenty-one. I do think they're going to put up some points to seventeen. Okay. Yeah, I'm sticking with my fourteen ten. No, actually, I'm going to change that. 14-9, I'm going to hold them under 10. Okay, okay. But I wow. do think we get two touchdowns. That sounds just so appetizing. Two touchdowns, because that's what we're going to get. We're going to have one on defense, one on offense, and they're going to kick three field goals. I don't want to change mine. Can I just change mine to 19? Just, yeah. just, I'll just say 19 to 17. And a safety. And a safety. Yeah, I think Harburg's good for one touchdown. The defense will score one touchdown. And Great. Then, then that's it. Yeah. All right, folks, we got to wrap this thing up. We got kids to go put to bed. We got stuff to go to. Thanks for listening. As always, at the Hot Guys podcast. Yeah.